Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. We're back. What's up, besties? We're back in the Vegas, LA studios. We are. We're back on the internet studios. And uh, I have been really loving the episodes lately. I actually listened to the non-consensual coaching episode. I thought that was so funny. Again, I was there the first time. And then (laughs) I listened to it again. I actually sent it to Danny Coleman. I was like, dude, you need to, because Danny Coleman has a podcast all about coaching. And we actually mentioned him in the episode. And I was like, dude, you need to listen to this. And you also have to do your own version of this episode because <laughs> yes. he goes, I think you guys nailed it. And he's like, thanks for the shout out. I have not listened yet, but Jeff always makes fun of me for listening to my own podcast. I'm like, I'm going to go listen know, to a podcast today. I'm, he's like, oh, what'd you listen to? I'm like, well, myself, obviously. Well, obviously, because it's the best <laughs> podcast. Like, why would you listen? If there's a new episode of The Best Life, we listen to it because it's the best show on the airwaves. That's all I'm saying. Also, we got uh, some feedback. Well, Holly in the Facebook group mentioned about the clothes fitting episode. And she said, there was a comment you made about just buy clothes that fit. And she goes, that's the problem is finding clothes that fit. And I'm like, yes. Also, we didn't really give that any credit, especially as an athletic woman. Um, She mentioned when she was younger, having like athletic thighs and trying to find jeans that fit and then the waist Mm. is too big and same with me I think you as well probably we all have we have athletic legs around here I think fitting clothes in general is just a pain in the ass And, and to be honest I mean this day of like quote fast fashion they have to just mm-hmm. pump out items and clothing sizes and it's going to be hard to match everyone but I really did love when two-piece bikinis came interchangeable so instead of just buy, like I could never buy a medium on bottom and a medium on top because a medium on top wouldn't fit. So mm-hmm. a big reason why I got a boob job was to help fit things. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I would, I have a bigger rib cage and bigger lats, especially from working out. And I remember trying to find tops that were you like fitting in the like rib cage area and then the boobs would be all sagging and, and messy. And uh, maybe that's changed. I don't know because I have boobs now. So I, I have a different, it's a little different issue, but it is just interesting with that clothing issue that just to bring up in general, just trying to find even if the number is your quote number, it still might not fucking fit. So we got to try on everything. Yeah, you really do. I mean, and that's why like if you I always try to stick with the same brands. I think that's always a good Mm. um, just if you find a brand that you really like and try and stick with it. Usually the sizes are pretty consistent. I've actually been really loving free people put out a line called curvy. And it is for people who have like a little bit more, um, you know, bigger legs, bigger butt, and I've liked their stuff so far. But also, like, why are people not putting a little bit of stretch in jeans? Like, to me, that takes care of so much uh-huh. of it. Like, there's this one brand called, I think it's called a Goldie. I don't know how to say it out loud. It's like A and then Gold E. Okay. And their jeans have no stretch. And I'm like, how is this possible? Like, you can't even fit. I can barely fit my calf in them. <laughs> I just like, can't pull it up. My could barely get it past my knees. I, I, but like, meanwhile, it fits on the waist. I just couldn't yeah. literally get it past my knees. I almost forgot about jeans being that way. Like jeans in the past, in the 90s and 80s, were literally just stiff ass denim that didn't move. And I remember bending, like try just bending your knee if you squat for a minute. 
the pain in your skin from just bunching back there. (laughs) So like jeans today are so much better with that stretch. I don't even understand how anybody is making any jeans without stretch Actually, the fit jeans are pretty good. So they had like a resurgence, like uh, maybe they were pretty big, like maybe a couple of years ago on Instagram. I kept seeing ads for fit jeans, fit jeans, fit jeans, and they have a lot of stretch and they're actually really um, flattering as well. So there's a couple of plugs. That's crucial. Denim. My my gals who have some big legs like me. Actually, speaking of that, I thought this was, and this is sort of related. This is not what we're going to talk about today, but sort of related. I I launched a fitness program last week called Lean 60. And a lot of my posts, I just know my audience. A lot of, you know, my audience is 35 plus women who love lifting weights, like feeling strong, you know, and also maybe have overcome some body esteem issues and some body confidence stuff. And so I usually post when I'm launching around those topics. And so one of them was about like owning my, the size of my legs. And I was kind of saying growing up, I was always so self-conscious about my legs and they were always like twice the size of my peers and things like that. And, um, I got a comment from a gal who follows me who, and it was in the other folder, so I didn't quite see it. And she just said, and it was kind of like snark, it kind of started out snarky and it was like, I hate to tell you, but your legs aren't even that big. And, you know, it's so, so it was anyway, it was like this, this comment, it's not the first time I've gotten this comment. And it was just interesting to where I think people don't think you have a right to be insecure about your body if they have a bigger something than you. So mm. she was like, my legs are like actually bigger. And it's like weird because we've talked about this before, like insecurities aren't objective, right? They're not like... As soon as you reach a certain size, you don't have a right to feel self-conscious. It's like, I remember being at my leanest, getting up on stage and still feeling like I didn't look good. You know, I mean, I have moments of, you know, moments of feeling proud of myself. But for the most part, I was probably really insecure when I was like 12% body fat. I was still insecure. So that just goes to show that, you know, confidence in your body is not an objective thing. So I just said, you know, I totally get it. And now, of course, this is something I haven't dealt with in a long time. But, you know, thinking back to being eight years old, 12 years old, 16 years old, we didn't have social media. We didn't have the Kardashians showing us what it's like to have a nice big butt. We didn't have like Instagram to show these like very muscular thighs. Now it's so much more normalized. So when you have like a problem with your body that you start taking on at a young age, it can take you like decades to sort of work through that. So essentially, it's kind of what I said to her. I was like, look, we didn't have social media back then. Like when I was impressionable at like eight years old, 12 years old, 16 years old, I couldn't, I I didn't see examples of people like mine. All I saw was that I had thighs twice the size of my peers. And so yes, like even now, yeah, my legs wouldn't necessarily be like large compared to like the average person, I guess now. And, but at the time, obviously it was. And so I kind of said that to her and she changed her tune after I kind of responded like in a nice way. And she responded, she's like, yeah, me too. And, you know, I just wish that there were examples. And I was like, yeah, exactly. And so it's weird when you have these conversations about, I have big legs or I have a big butt or whatever. There's always someone who needs to insert themselves and be like, well, mine's bigger. So you shouldn't even have a right to feel bad about yours. Cause look at mine. Like, it's just this weird, like almost competitive thing. Like who can be the most insecure? Who deserves to be, to feel the most insecure? And I'm like, y'all, none of us should feel insecure. Fucking own it. And then find jeans that fit those quads is all I'm saying. Yeah. And own should, it. Should we just keep on this topic and make this the episode? 
Uh, sure. Do you have anything else to say? Yeah. Should we wrap it up? <laughs> <laughs> the shortest episode ever. <laughs> no, we. Um, I think that you're making such a great point. There is this competitiveness out there. And there's always someone who could be always. bigger, who has worse skin than you, who has worse wrinkles, who has worse gray and hair. And will tell you that you have no right to feel insecure because it's not as bad as theirs. Yep. But what Quote, I love, bad. But what, what I love that you just said is it's funny because I want to say everyone has the right to feel the way they feel but also we don't need to feel that at all like let's just stop with feeling insecure so it's kind of it's kind of like the both and you have a right to feel that way even if you are smaller or less wrinkled or less gray than someone who has worse off than you but also why are we trying to fight for that why are we trying to fight for like the insecurity trophy who has who has the worst body image it's right. In, yeah, it's 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 interesting because I think, you know, kind of when we had our episode with uh, Christina Rasmussen, how grief is competitive. Mm. It's I think just in general, when we have when something is like bad, there's somebody if someone has it worse off, it's kind of like this. Well, you don't even know, like that's bad for you, but get, what a, get a load of this. And it's just <laughs> like it's just not helpful because everyone's experience is their experience. And it wouldn't allow us to have any feelings about anything if we had to first look behind and look ahead to see if somebody had it worse or better before we decided to have a feeling about a thing. Right. I love that you mentioned grief because I feel like that's very similar too. where, you know, she had mentioned, if you guys haven't listened to the episode, it's really good. But I was thinking about that with everything that you've been going through. You know, it's like, yeah, there's always like if you lose a loved one, then it becomes like, well, at least, you know, you had those last nine months knowing that, you know, to spend time with them, to, you know, make your peace with them. But it's like my husband or my loved one just got in an accident on the way to work. And like, so yeah, it definitely can feel competitive and it's, but it's all valid, you know, it's all valid. And also everyone has the same opportunity to work through it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the piece is (laughs) kind of going back to you're allowed to have those feelings, but also do we want to hang on to those feelings? Do we want to keep them? And so you can be upset and say, hey, my thighs are worse than yours. You should feel bad. <laughs> like, cool. But also you're allowed to feel bad if you want to. And then you also have to go, but why do I keep wanting why to would feel I? bad? Why do why I want to? Yeah, why do I need, why am I need to, to win the Insecure Olympics? Like <laughs> this gal. So here's the, I found the uh, DM and she said, so, and it sounded kind of snarky. And I was like, okay, I'm going to diffuse this. She goes, hate to tell you. But your body looks just as great and proportional as the other very athletic bodies I've seen. I don't even notice your thighs as being anything unusual. The thigh thing is in your head because a few people made a comment and it was something you had to learn, I guess. But there are zillions of people like me that just look at your pics and think she's very, very fit. That's it. We don't think she's very fit, but her thighs are huge. No, I would never have thought that. Seriously. Too bad the competition industry made you think that about yourself in the first place. It just felt very like accusatory, right? So this is what I responded. And this is also a good business lesson, maybe, if you guys are interested. I said, thank you. Yeah, unfortunately, there there weren't Instagram models showcasing beautiful and big ass and thighs when I was 9, 12, 16 years old and had thighs double the size of my friends. I do wish we had examples of what athletic bodies looked like back then to aspire to. And unfortunately, when you get it in your head at a young age, it can often take a while to undo that conditioning. It's been a long time since I've had issues with my legs, but enough people in my audience still do, which is why I share my own story. Plus, unfortunately, insecurities aren't objective. They're irrational. It's not like once you have a certain size something, you don't have the right to feel insecure anymore. I wish. But thus is the journey. Appreciate you sharing your own perspective. And then she totally was like, same thing happened to me. 
Yeah. Basically, it was just like weird how things, like she just like completely diffused it. But I said, appreciate you sharing your own perspective. Well, she missed the point as well in that you were sharing a story of the past version of you. You weren't saying you're still insecure about the thing anymore. And that's always weird when you get those comments because you're like, I've worked past this and someone's just like, yeah. You should love your thighs. And I'm like, did you read the caption? It literally says, <laughs> I love my thighs. That's yeah. what it says. I think that's part of the issue with the internet is people will read the first line of a caption, if that, or they'll Not just even. see the picture and then just make a comment, which gets a little frustrating when you're the content creator. And this happened when I, you know, posted about depression. I've had, yeah. have you tried this? I'm like, yes, if you read the caption, <laughs> I have. I've done that thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, when you're younger too, like to your point is... No one was out there helping you figure this out. I remember very much in sixth grade, I sat on the bus with my best friend, Michelle, and we both sat there and she, our thighs were like, you know, you, when you sit, your, leg, your legs are kind of smashed up so your thighs look wider. And she goes, look at your legs and look at mine. And she's, hers were so much smaller. And I remember from that point on, I would try when I sat at my desk at school to put like my toes up or my legs up so my thighs would be kind of hanging instead of smashed flat against the <laughs> yeah. th- like against the chair to make them look bigger. No one else was paying attention to this, but I was suddenly so self-conscious all the time of how I sat for probably from sixth grade until I want to say my 20s, late 20s, even maybe 30s, to be honest, of any time I'm sitting next to somebody that my toes are on the ground and like my legs are lifted off of the chair so that my thighs aren't squashed out. And Mm -hmm. that's just, it's so much mental energy to be, to be doing that. And it literally Mm -hmm. came from a stupid thing in childhood. And I didn't start wearing shorts until my thirties. And I still had so much wrapped up in my legs as well. And then I did my TEDx and it was on, you know, on YouTube and it has like 90,000 views. And I'm like, oh, here we go. The comments on there about my legs being like, nice like beautiful like toned and like, like <laughs> and shape like fit oh and in shape and like and yeah the, lean the like 14 year old version of me is like how is that even possible because those were the things that I was the most insecure about I wore pants for 20 years of my life because I was so embarrassed to show my legs and it's the thing that I was getting compliments on in my 30s and I was blown away by that yeah and and I get that where if I if I you know made a post like you did and said this was my issue in the past. I'm sure people will say, you have no right. Your legs are great. And I'm like, yes, they are great. Right. But that's a thing that I didn't know when I was younger. That's something I didn't know growing up. And they were, I'm sure they were great then too. However, <laughs> a comment or two sticks with you for life and your perception. And then what we saw, and actually Jeff said this the other day, he goes, you girls were so messed up from what you saw in the 90s and 2000s. He was like, you saw Mm. the Britney Spears with your pants way down to the waist and the flat stomachs. And he goes, today, he goes, have you seen what girls are wearing today? Baggy ass sweats, like huge size pants and like extra, extra large shirts. I'm like, yeah, they look so dumpy. He goes, no, that's just what they're wearing. They don't care. And I said, yeah, it's very, we are in a different world and we saw different things that were quote acceptable and Today, there's just a lot more body image acceptance. They're wearing clothes that you can hide under stuff, and it's just different. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. comparing is is really difficult, especially when we're comparing stuff that's been with us through childhood that we can't explain. Right. And that's the thing. It's like at some point you do have to go, okay, yeah, actually I'm an adult, and I have a choice here Mm -hmm. to continue to feel self-conscious about this body part, or I can just be like, look, this is this is fucking who I am, you know? And like, look, I'm never gonna have 
skinny legs. I had a moment similar to that where like the TEDx moment for you, this must've been like a year ago, this chick came up to me at the gym and she said, your legs are goals. She was like, your legs are goals. You have the perfect legs. And I was just like, this is the twilight zone. But I was also like, at that point I was like, thank you. And it wasn't, I didn't try and like say, oh, they're so big or they're so muscular or whatever. I was just like, thank you. And now I'm like, yeah, I fucking like my legs. My partner likes my legs. Like, you know, and so you just have to, at some point, again, like you said, take responsibility for the fact that you can now choose and you don't have to be influenced by what someone said when you were seven or 12 or 16, you know, and kids just make fun of kids. Like they just say shit. But to your point, those are the comments that we sort of hang on to and realize that that was in the 80s and 90s. And this is, we're talking heroin chic, right? Kate Moss, like that was what we saw on every magazine cover was this like skinny, no muscle definition, you know, like we weren't seeing, the only people we saw with like actual muscles were like on the Olympics, right? So it was like, if you have muscles, then you better be in the Olympics. Like Essentially, it was like, you have to be an elite athlete or have no muscle definition. Like those were the only sort of like two acceptable bodies. And so, yeah, I think at some point then you have to take responsibility for like, hey, this is just how I'm built. You know, I can sit around kicking and screaming that genetically I'm just never going to have skinny legs or I can just be like, look, this is who I I am and I'm going to fucking own it. And I'm also Mm going to do what I can in the gym and, you know, like I'm going to squat and lunge and jump and sprint and like not because of punishment, but because like if I'm going to have big legs, I want to have muscular legs. You know, my mom always used to say, because my grandmother had huge legs, my mom has big legs, like proportionally, my grandma had my dad, right? And so my mom was just like, yeah, you're definitely going to have, there's no way you weren't going to have big thighs, you know? it's just like, cool, genetically, it's just not going to happen. So once you get a, like, once you get to that point, you're just like, this is my just bone structure. <laughs> so, <laughs> so why would I spend the energy just really hating my, hating my body? And that's an evolution, right? It's just like, it's still an evolution. Anytime I post that on social media, I always get a people saying, this is my exact same story. Oh my God, I felt the same way about my thighs, you know? And if I went, I guarantee if I went and looked at that, those people's posts, they're probably they probably have thinner thighs, like, you know, but it doesn't matter because it's in your head. And it's also you're projecting from a childhood, you know, and I will say it, like when I was a kid, everyone was skinny. Now, not everyone is skinny at 40. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different uh, comparison. I love that you said you have to be in the Olympics. I remember one of the bo- <laughs> like the a- bodies that I idolized was Jackie Joyner Kersey. She was a uh-huh. sprint Olympic sprinter. Oh and yeah, I thought she looked so amazing. What about Mary Lou Retton? Oh my God! Well, Mary Lou, good old all the gymnasts, man, <laughs> tiny little stocky muscle girls. Well, it's an interesting conversation, and I- I'm curious to know, you know, from the audience, if you've maybe if you've seen a friend who's complained about something, and you've said hey, you don't have the right to do it. <laughs> you don't have a right to complain and and brought up your own stuff or if that's happened to you. I definitely have felt a way. I remember, and this was, a, this was a big shift for me, was when I was going through adrenal fatigue and I was gaining all this weight. I watched Gabrielle Bernstein and I think I've shared this before. She said something about she had to love herself first before she like got better. And I was like, oh, easy for you to say because you're pretty and you're skinny. And I had that initial feeling of like easy for you to say but then I was thinking I don't know what she looked like before maybe that is true and that is when that was literally a moment where my initial like wanted to fight back and be like fuck you easy for you to say skinny bitch turned into me self-reflecting and go maybe she's right and maybe I do need to accept myself and love myself now before I can lose the weight Mm. and 
ultimately it, that's how it did work out for me. I did have to just find some self-acceptance and self-love before I lost the weight. And even if I didn't, and that was like the extra, mm. extra asterisk. Like I have to love myself now, even if this is the way I look the rest of my life and I never lose the weight that I, that I gained. And so that was a big piece also for all everyone here to remember that like accept yourself as you are now, even if nothing ever changes and your life will change. It doesn't mean your body will change. It may, it may not, but hating yourself into change is a lot harder and more difficult way to get anything to change than just loving yourself into it. So. Well, I think a lot of us make the mistake of thinking that we need to have those negative feelings or else we'll just be complacent. Mm -hmm. So I know for me, like I always felt like I had to beat myself up anytime I overate or I, you know, ate, you know, a bunch of sugar, or like binge ate. For me, it was like, I need to have the guilt and the shame and the like self-disgust or else I'm essentially saying it's okay. But what I found out was I could say it's okay and still change. <laughs> like you could be yeah. like, you know, and like not beat yourself up. And it's not that you love it, right? You don't need to be like, I love that I binged, right? You don't need to celebrate it, but you can also just be like, cool. Like I did that. Let's, instead of beating myself up about it, which actually doesn't help, it actually drains your energy. Think about that, like your negative self-talk. It actually drains valuable mental energy that you could be putting into actually changing. And so that was where I got to. I actually read some research. This is like, shit, this is when I was going through a lot of my stuff in like 2010, 2011. That was, it was all about self-compassion. And the idea behind it was that self-compassion and like being, like showing yourself kindness and being gentle with yourself was actually a productivity tool. Like people were able to actually stay more adherent to exercise programs and diets and things like that on the whole when they were speaking to themselves kindly because they just saw it as part of the process versus, oh, I'm so bad. And you know, if you beat yourself up, maybe you have a couple of days where you're tightening up the reins and you do extra cardio, but then it always ends up being like this yo-yo effect, right? It's like, yeah, you might have a couple of days, you're like, clean it up and you're really good. And then of course you end up binging again. And then it becomes this like, just, you know, cycle of deprived binge or whatever that looks like. And so, yeah, I, for me, self-compassion just became about like, just being neutral about it and getting curious about it. You know, mm -hmm. like, yeah, why do I feel this way? And then you have those conversations about your body. Yeah, why do I feel this way? And you start coming up with, oh, it was what so-and-so said in the sixth grade or it was, oh, what my, an offhanded comment my mom said to me when I was 12 or like said about her own body at 12, you know? So you have to think back and you're like, oh, I, this isn't necessarily my fault in a way, right? It's not like my fault that my thighs are huge. It's like, Hey, we got genetics, we got uh, messaging, we got cultural influences, we got magazine covers with heroin chic on the front. Like it's just, so you have to, once you start having the awareness, then you start making sense of why you feel the way you do. And when you understand that, then you can consciously make a different choice, right? So the first piece is awareness and realizing that insecurity doesn't have to be objective reality. It could literally be like, I'm feeling insecure and I can also decide to change that without having to change anything in my body, right? Like mm. confidence is just a choice, right? Deciding to, to accept yourself is just a choice. Is it a hard choice? Sure. But you don't have to, it's not like, oh, once I lose five pounds, then I'll like my body. Like, cause then you'll get down five pounds. You'd be like, well, what about another five? Right. What about another five? And then all of a sudden it's this, I mean, we were competitors, right? So there's always something to be improved. We could be the leanest, most fit, most muscular, most defined up on stage. I mean, God, you were on the national stage. I'm sure you still had something on your body that you wanted to improve that wasn't good enough, right? So then when does it end? And at some point you have to just decide I'm a grown ass woman and my body is what it is and it's mine and it's fucking awesome. You know, and that's hard. That's a hard choice to get to, but I don't know. I mean, if you're talking about peace and you know, being able to move forward with a level of 
I don't know, like <laughs> inner peace or not misery, then to me, that's how I said, like, you know, seeing self-compassion as a productivity tool was, was magic for me. I'm like, oh, actually, I stay more compliant if I wasn't having all these mental aerobics about how I look all the time. I... Did you ever like get in a, did you ever like look at your body piecemeal? I remember you, I used to do that a lot. I don't really do that anymore. But I remember I used to look in the mirror and be like, oh, I'm like, grab this. Like now I don't even like notice shit on my body, right? Like I don't even notice like, oh, some cellulite here, whatever. I'd be like pulling on things and be like, oh, this and poking and prodding and just really seeing my body as like different parts. Now I just see it so much more as a whole and I just appreciate it so much more, but I'm not as focused on like little tiny parts of my body. I don't know if that you had that transition too. Oh, yes. Well, I know like shame is not a good compliance tool. The more we feel shame about something. So like using self-hate and self, you know, this hating yourself and not liking. And then you you go into maybe like you said, you're compliant for a few days and then you overdo it, binge or whatever it is. Then you're upset. Then you have shame. And then it just keeps going into this, spi this spiral. And hopefully we get to have Brene Brown on the podcast soon and talk about this stuff. But to the piecemeal part, as you were speaking, I was thinking exactly about this. During competition, I remember going to my coach after and going, okay, we're going to bring up your glutes. We're going to bring up your shoulders and we're going to bring down your waist. Like everything had a specific thing we were working on. And it was literally, and I thought, and this is what's messed up in my brain now, I thought I was being clinical about it. And I thought I was just being objective to look at my body and go, yeah, okay, I just need to work on these these body parts. I need to work on this to make it better. But for what? Just to look better on a stage where a bunch of overweight judges are judging me? <laughs> like, for what was I looking to like add a couple inches on my shoulders and bring, I just like, to me, it seems so ridiculous. And I feel like there's so much mental energy, like to your point about peace right now, time and mental energy and peace is so much more valuable than adding like a little bit of muscle to my shoulder caps or like filling out my hamstrings a little more or tightening up this or that. It's like, for what? For what? <laughs> right. What will that do for me? It's wild. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I do like this conversation. I know that, you know, you guys, you listeners do like this stuff because it's really just relatable. And I'm sure we all have that like one body part that we focused on or we fixated on in the past. And I think hopefully now that we're a little bit older, we have a little more perspective. And also we have a lot of other things that we have shown that we're good at. I mean, I think that was a big piece of it too for me was like, okay, my body isn't my only thing I can offer the world. You know, and when you go into competition and where we were like very myopically, especially like as an athlete, you think like, oh, my worth is wrapped up in my body. But then you look at like, actually, you know, I have a career that I love. I have friends and family who don't give a shit if I fucking lose 10 pounds or gain 20. Like they're still going to love me, still appreciate me, still want to hang out with me. Like I'm not going to lose my job. Like, you know, and then you kind of notice your life actually doesn't change based on having cellulite or not. Like it's all the same. And so for me, you know, I think age also has created a lot of experiences of success that haven't been about my body. You know, it's been about my career. It's been about helping someone. It's about fulfillment. It's about um, your know, relationships. And it's just about so much more than that. So I think once you get to an older age too, you just have more evidence that there are other ways to feel worthy in your life and not everything. You're not putting all your eggs in the like body basket. I love it. Yep. Don't put your body in a body basket <laughs> or a body bag. <laughs> no, definitely don't do that. 
All right, y'all. Well, uh, hopefully this conversation is useful for you. Please hit us up and let us know. We always love hearing from you guys, and we have gotten a good amount of comments and DMs lately at the Best Life Podcast on Instagram. We love hearing from you guys. If you have any questions, comments, or something that you would like us to riff on, please hit us up. And if you like these episodes, go ahead and share on social. We love when you guys share the episodes right onto your Instagram or Facebook stories, and we can regram them and give you a shout out. Love it. That's all we got for you. All right, guys. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.